0: Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Influencers Café. Today on the show we have Russell Dalglish, a fellow Scotsman in London and also travels all over the world. How are you doing sir?
1: I'm very well, and yourself?
0: Yes, not bad, just get back from, from the gym and uh, nice and relaxed now, ready to learn a lot from yourself.
1: I'm originally from Selkirk in the Scottish Borders. Mm-hmm. Um, my family have been there for 400 years. I was the first generation to go to university studied tech and i've been in electronics and then software ever since about um 20 years ago i started working in and out of london 10 years doing turnarounds um and since 2009 i've run my own advisory business exalta where we go and work with um companies to help them accelerate what they're doing, mm-hmm. access new markets, look at the strategy, but we, we roll our sleeves up and get involved and help them. And then I've built a couple of businesses as well, most notably Scottish Business Network, which is now the largest diaspora network for Scots around the world. And um, I do work with, um, I suppose it's just companies where I feel the leadership team, I can add some kind of value to what they're doing. Great. And also, great today nice. I do a lot of um, public speaking as well.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's quite an influence you got there. I noticed also your number forty or fifty in some uh, top influencers of the UK, hundred or something like that. Yeah.
1: I would. I currently number forty-eight in the list of um, most influential entrepreneurs in the UK. Yeah, and that's so that's, been, that's been quite a uh, quite an exciting thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's more than the YouTube founder as well.
1: Yeah. Nicely done.
0: Nicely done. How did you pull that one
1: off? Uh, I'm I'm not exactly sure. Someone just contacted me and said, Was I aware that I appeared on this list? Yeah. And then um, I had a look at it. And it's you know, if you look at the the people at the top end of the list, yeah <laughs> they're really quite successful. So it's um, you know, the Richard Bransons and um of the and people like that. But um I, I, I suppose it's just because I, I do a lot of talking mm-hmm. about entrepreneurship
0: mm-hmm. and about
1: leadership. So presumably that's the reason.
0: Nice one. Nicely done, as you say, in Scot- Scot- um, Scotland. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm, I'm interested in is uh, I build communities, online communities, and I'm interested in how you, you um, manage to grow this large business network. If you could share some of, your, um, some of the things you've learned along, along the way and how you managed to, to gain such a loyal following.
1: So, if I look at the the Scottish ones, the easiest one to understand. So, we decided that um, it would be useful if we could find ways to encourage Scottish companies to export more. And what seemed to restrict them was having knowledge of new markets. So, Mm -hmm. we looked at the diaspora model followed by the Irish, and we built on that. So, our network is open to anyone who is in a senior business position and they are born in Scottish-born, studied in Scotland, or worked in Scotland for part of their career, Mm -hmm. or they have historical links with the country. So we've mapped about 8,500 Scots around the world. Mm -hmm. And the way the network worked, well, if I give you an example, so we were contacted by a Scottish university, Mm -hmm. and they were reaching out because they were putting on a dinner in Canada, in Montreal, for their dean, and they wondered if we could get some more Scots along. So we reached out, we had 12 Scots identified, and they all went to the event, Hmm. and they supported the university. A more intriguing example is one from Cupertino in Silicon Valley, where I was contacted by a young man who'd studied at Dundee University, and he'd recently moved to Cupertino and wondered if, if we had any advice for him. And within 24 hours, I was able to get them three introductions Mm -hmm. to Scottish Business Network members there, and I think that kind of showed the more family element of what we do. Mm -hmm. So there was people were keen to hear to help a young Scot who was in town. Mm -hmm.
0: Nice one. So how do you make that scalable? Because I've I run a few online communities and I can't keep up to date with everything.
1: so the the way our our network works is it's more a point-to-point network Mm -hmm. so we're not no we don't have eight and a half thousand people in open forum so i suppose we do there's a there's a linkedin group with about six thousand people on Mm -hmm. it and what we are more is we we took this description of who we wanted to connect to we then used different and we built a technology stack to actually search them out Mm -hmm. Uh, identified the individuals, we made a direct approach to them about Mm -hmm. what we were doing, and they agreed they had an interest in getting involved. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we would then go back to them when we have an opportunity. So an opportunity could be a biotechnology company going into um, New Orleans, which Uh was last week. So we reach out to the people we know in New Orleans and see which ones can help. So it tends to be more point to point. We also use our at the core so if you think about it in the center we have a membership which is about 300 individuals Mm -hmm. and they're all part of a a technology product we've got that comes out of glasgow called very connect so very connect software is the most advanced in the world for um memberships platforms so it allows us it means that i've got the entire membership on my phone at all times and can communicate with them that way as well
0: cool yeah Nicely done. So you have like... Uh... We
1: also, just to follow that on. So we're also doing R&D all the time as well, where we're researching out new products. So there's a product that's come out um, from Paris, which allows you to um, identify someone's ethnicity likelihood based on their family name. Mm-hmm. So this allows us to map back. So it's, it does it by family name and location. So this will allow us to greatly expand our network. And then we've got two other products that are going to come in that allow us to um, expand the messaging that we're going to push out. So we're doing this through platforms such as, um, I suppose, LinkedIn, a little bit of Facebook, and then groups. So you know, if you're a member of the Saltire Society of Seattle, you're quite likely got an interest in Scotland. So we reach out through that as well.
0: Nice. So you have you have um, a lot of developers doing that kind of stuff on your team as well, I imagine.
1: Software developers? Yeah. No, none. No. All we're doing we're all we're doing is building technology stacks. So we're taking existing technology and putting it together.
0: Right. And you, you don't need developers for that because that can be quite hard. I and mean, sounds quite uh technical. <laughs>
1: Um, no, not at all. You Use things like IFTTT or um, anything that allows you to uh, connect them together.
0: Okay. Well, I, I imagine I've quite a lot to learn from from you or your your uh, company, what you're doing there. That's um, that's very I'm impressive. A good old <laughs> <laughs> very impressive, sir. Really am I'm impressed. Um, cool, cool. So, going back to. Uh, yourself. So you you says you have um what was your academic background again?
1: I studied what was computing mm-hmm. in the mid eighties. Right.
0: And from then you moved into what was it, business?
1: Yeah, so I, I, I was a software developer mm-hmm. at the bank. Mm-hmm. So Bank Scotland for five years, then went into electronics. Mm-hmm. where i moved from software development into support and then into marketing mm-hmm. ended up in sales where i worked for a company which was a a disk drive manufacturer based in scotland so mm-hmm. um the history is that in the mid 70s the copyright on the three and a half inch disk drive which was then in everyone's desktop computer was based in glenrothes in scotland Mm-hmm. So um, we had a spin out from that, which had recently gone on to the public exchange. And I went in there and helped with um, sales, marketing and strategy development for building a international uh, platform for selling disk drives around the world. So that took me to spending time in San Jose, in Tokyo, in Seoul in you, the late 90s, early 90s. You listed on a stock exchange? the company had yeah the company had just floated
0: right right wow so that would have been a lot of lawyers i guess and legal fees for that
1: well i wasn't involved in that the company had just done that flotation so that right. meant that they had money to do the international expansion yeah, yeah and then I, I went on from there to um we, we formed a company so we had the um one of the first um what you now call a cloud application software software mm-hmm. as a service companies so we had one of them in 2000 which did um uh hr technology helping with the staffing process we rolled that out globally um and then i got involved in turnarounds for 10 years and then i've been sort of driving my own ship since 2009
0: wow i'm having trouble keeping up with all the different things you're doing man (laughs) doesn't normally happen (laughs) yeah well that's really exciting stuff um Have you ever done any mergers and acquisitions sort of thing, deals?
1: Um, Yes. Uh, One merger, two acquisitions, and two exits. Right, right. Personally, and then I've advised on more than that with some of our clients under Exalta.
0: Yeah, there's a a lot of exciting stuff happening with um, the UK. Uh, What was it? GSK did some mergings. There's a lot of big big UK companies that are are moving around, you know. Making deals. Um, I think it's going to be really important that the UK does a lot of deals soon with with, with Brexit. What's your stance on Brexit?
1: Um, I don't really have one. Um, the, the people voted to leave Europe, so I'll yeah. leave the politicians to sort it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, hopefully we can get a lot of uh, w 2 w 2 World Trade, um, what is it again?
1: WTO. WTO regulations will kick in on March thirty-one. Yeah. At um, a negotiation settlement. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I saw a video on YouTube where this guy was going around Waitrose looking at the the vegetables, and every one he looked at was was not from the EU, and then he had a nice little saying to say, to the EU after that. But uh, you know, i um, hopefully we can get a lot of produce cheaper. That's not from the EU, let me say oranges, that kind of stuff that we have high tariffs on.
1: Um, I, I can't imagine. I'll just have to wait and see. I, I think you know, as I say, I I, I I took my democratic option and voted and mm-hmm. then we'll see what happens next. Yeah. Okay. I do I do worry that the, the conversation round about it is eating up a lot of business time and people are missing opportunities because of that. You know, we're seeing a lot of investment stall because yeah. of um, them. uncertainty.
0: The trouble is, it seems like the media seems to sensationalise anything negative, and you don't hear much positive. Yeah. Um, this this makes bad news makes good news, I guess. You know, for a lot of these these agencies. Um, they,
1: they don't seem to go much further than London either.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look at some of the things that the UK does, for example, Rolls Royce, their engines are used in Airbus. They make. They're making. Um, things that nobody else in the world can make uh, our space agency is sticking off we're making satellites in Scotland we're probably going to make something that's going to compete with um, either the American satellite network or the European space agency we're, we've got some really good technical expertise in the UK we make our own submarines B E systems the, um, you know so we've got a lot a lot of good skills in this country the world needs. Yep. So as we go into um, 2019, 2020, um, as an experienced entrepreneur, what advice would you give to young entrepreneurs today as as they're getting started out with an idea?
1: Do more market research. Mm -hmm. So the the single biggest thing I see with uh, younger stage companies, earlier stage companies, is that they they haven't done sufficient market research. Mm-hmm. So it's simply market research is absolutely critical to understand what your market really needs, how it wants it described, where does it exist, what's its price points. Mm-hmm. So um, um, you know, people tell me what we've done a, a one page business canvas in a day or something, but mm-hmm. well, that, that's fair enough, but you have to get out to the market. So the, the reason for developing products or services Simply so that you have something you can take to the market, and it, and the market will tell you how it needs changed. Mm-hmm. So we call it a lot. A, a pivot is used a lot as a as a word to describe that. So mm-hmm. um, start start getting to that stage. Get what you understand what it is you do, what you think the benefit is, and then take it out to the customer and see what they think.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you finding investors are more savvy these days? Are less willing to in- invest?
1: Um, I think you get a whole plethora of different types of investors. Yeah. Um, I think um, investment, particularly angel level, seems to be a bit slower now, but it's very tax efficient in the UK, which is a huge advantage. And then there's now there's never been a better time to to, to access money because there's just such a myriad of different options available.
0: Yeah. What do you think of these um, people that raise money through icos
1: um it seems to be very popular I, it's not something I really know much about
0: yeah I think uh, it, it, I think last year it was the gold rush initial coin offerings but uh, I think it's left a lot of bad taste in people's mouth, m- mouth so the cool crypto thing but because uh, there was a lot of a lot of money that was raised in icos that basically you know didn't really go anywhere um, a lot of money, just basically, people invested in, and you know, scams basically, you know. So, okay. So what's um, what's next for you in the next um, next next few years?
1: Um, for Exalta, my advisory business will be continuing to expand, looking to bring on board new partners and then clients. Uh, mm-hmm. Scottish Business Network, we're at scale stage. So we will um, we will look to accelerate our growth plans uh, this year mm-hmm. to then site um, locations around the world
0: mm-hmm. and
1: to, to really start accelerating this connection of Scottish companies with people in the diaspora. Mm-hmm. Um, with the companies where I sit as advisor or board member, I think they're all going through growth periods. So it's to continue that growth. And really just to um, continue to look for interesting projects. I'm doing more public speaking now, mm-hmm. which is around the world, which is really exciting because it gives me a chance to not only discuss the subject of leadership, but also to promote my country.
0: Mm-hmm. Well done. Where did you spend your burn supper this year?
1: Uh, burn supper this year was, at, uh, it was quite good, actually. It was at um, Mansion House in London. So it was chaired by the by Lord Mayor of London, and the First Minister was there. Yeah, uh, Nicholas Sturgeon, and um, it was about celebration of the financial sector in Scotland and all the exciting things we're doing. So that was um, Scotland and London, so all kilted. So that was great fun. Did
0: they did they get a good uh, rendition of two of two a haggis?
1: We did actually. So. Um, uh, oh, who did it? Um, I can't remember who did it. Uh, yes, so yeah, it was it was very good, very very well done.
0: And what did the haggis taste like?
1: It was what? <laughs> it was imported into London, so that was the most.
0: What do you prefer, a curry night or a a burnt supper? See again. What do you prefer, a curry night or a or a burnt supper? Burn, burn supper? Um, I, I've
1: never had a curry night, so probably burnt supper.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Um there's a there's a place uh, in Glasgow uh west side of Glasgow called Cafe, Enda, Cafe India. Yep. Um I've been there. Yeah, yeah. That that's that is probably the best place I've ever had, um Indian food, you know. Also Edinburgh has some nice places as well. Yeah. So um your uh, Scottish Business Business Network, that would be something that interests me because for example, I'm wanting to expand a training business, but sometimes other countries, they don't... Um, it's like, how do I get started there? So, for example, say I wanted to do some trainings in Saudi Arabia. Um, if I had a Scottish company that was doing training there, that would be, like, ideal for me, you know, because I basically have, could go in there, partner with them, do, like, a 50-50 split on the, the profits, you know. That's, that's weird, the way I would use something like that.
1: So, so that's where you're trying to... Sell into Saudi Arabia.
0: Yeah, that would be nice to. I'd like to an excuse to go there and do some work.
1: Well, I, I, I would. I would suggest first of all um, making some connections there and, and go for a visit to understand. I'd yeah. probably start in Dubai though. To, yeah. To, to, at, um, to get a better idea for the region. Yeah, UAE, Saudi Dubai. Dubai that, that's
0: America. what I meant. Yeah. That, that. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at your your LinkedIn here, and um, and because we could literally do. 10 podcasts with the knowledge you've got, I think. Um, you're an advisor to a range of disruptive-led companies in the UK, US. Board advisor, Tech Talent Labs, New York. Cool. What's the Talent Tech Labs?
1: Um, Talent Tech Labs is based in Manhattan, and mm-hmm. I think it's still the only incubator which is focused on staffing company or recruitment company tech, sorry, technology for the staffing or recruitment sector. So Mm -hmm. they've got some really cool um, new tech coming out of the US, which looks at um, enhancing, particularly using AI, Mm -hmm. enhancing the way we use technology and staffing and recruitment.
0: Oh, that's an interesting area for me, because uh, I'm writing a book on how to build software teams, but it's all based around the human's detecting candidates and how they the interview process and stuff like that um i know that there's a lot of uh algorithms that look at cvs and you know from person i'm quite skeptical on them but um yeah ai ai is a field i'm also interested in but i'm not i've never seen how it's been used with uh you know recruitment
1: you're using it every day
0: I'm 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 learning I'm learning about AI and basically developing a, a skill set around it. But Good. um do you do you know what kind of areas AI is how AI is being used there at all?
1: Well I suppose in every way. You no, know, coming from a machine learning background, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're looking at um I suppose it it's much easier to think about in examples. Mm-hmm. So LinkedIn knows you're looking for a job before you do. You're right, yeah. By by analysing your interaction with the application with the platform, it's possible to indicate that you're sta- you've changed your behaviour, right. and your behaviour change indicates the fact you're starting to think about another job. Yeah, so I think that's a brilliant example.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wish I wish I knew how to um, game the LinkedIn algorithms to get get posts. You know, sometimes I have a post that doesn't seem that important, and it'll go almost viral. You know, like hundred likes. You know, dozens of like 50,000 views, and some of them I thought were good. <laughs> you get like 20 views or 100 views on them. So,
1: I think what's more interesting to ask is what's the purpose of the post? What, yeah. what, what is it you would like to achieve? Is it, is is no, is the number of likes or views or something important, or what, what is it you're trying to achieve by doing it?
0: Yeah, well, I guess if you're wanting to reach a large, large audience and hopefully get some leads, a lot of a lot of posts are are are, are um, important for that. So uh, that's useful for me if I'm doing an event and I want to sell tickets. Of course, I want a lot of views. A lot of time though, I'll just um, I'll share stuff that's just interesting to me. can can find value to my community. Uh, I'll share it. Um, if it gets like 50 views, I'll just delete it because obviously it wasn't important enough. You know. <laughs> Okay, how are, we doing for, how are we doing for time? 25 minutes. So, a few more questions and then we'll wrap it up. So, you're also addressing the gender imbalance in commerce through the support of the Association of Scottish Business Women.
1: Yeah, okay. so I've, I've worked with the Association of Scottish Business Women for the last five years, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in the last four years helping to judge a Business of the Year competition in April. So mm-hmm. ASB is fantastic. So that's um, supporting, nurturing, and providing a community for female-led businesses. Mm-hmm. And there's also I got involved with changing the chemistry, which is an organisation aimed at improving the, the levels of diversity on boards. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I recently started to help them in London as well. What do so you? I think f- it's so important. We have to improve diversity in the workplace, particularly at the leadership level.
0: What's the the biggest way you think companies can help improve? The um the the gender imbalance.
1: Recognize the problem. Yeah. I think I think we we recognize the the, the business imperative and the business value by introducing that diversity. That, that's that's what I think is the mm-hmm. most
0: important. And then I guess they can probably introduce things like work, a lot of working from home. You know, for women with families.
1: Possibly, okay. I'm. I'm not. I, I suppose it's everyone to their own. I think. I think, yeah. think we're actually located. I think depends on what type of business you have.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Okay, Russell. Well, um, before we wrap up, you've also got uh, a lot of events in London. I see running is it every month. Yep. And is and who's that open to?
1: Um, well, it's, it's the organisation that delivers them is Scottish Business Network. Mm-hmm. So the events are open to um, those with an interest in Scotland, really, or friends of Scotland mm-hmm. in London. So our next event is with Silicon Valley Bank in Finsbury Square. So we've got three organisations presenting or being interviewed, mm-hmm. and we have about 100 Scots in the audience, and it's a grand night. Is there haggis? No, it's at, um evening uh, reception. So yeah. there's canopies and drinks
0: yeah Uh, you can tell that I like haggis I just I haven't had I haven't bought it much in London but uh, I do do like it a lot I like it a lot Um, (laughs) cool Uh, and how would how would somebody register for that event
1: Uh, just drop me a note Mm
0: -hmm. okay so I'll leave a link to uh, your LinkedIn profile and the Scottish business network on the show notes to anyone who wants to get involved to contact
1: okay
0: cool Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we we close?
1: No, I just um, thank you very much for the opportunity and every success.
0: Thank you, Russell, for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. All the best. Okay. All right, everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of Influencers Cafe. We had Russell Doug Leastigay today, and um, that was a real treat for us today. Thanks very much, Russell. All the best.
1: All the best. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.